Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett, Keenan Bonner. Not as always, but here today, Sean Shute. We're now in the second round of the bracket. This is week one of round two. We're kicking things off with 2008 Sex Drive, through after beating Bruce Almighty in round one, up against 2007 Superbad, through after beating Talladega Knights in round one, if all of you three can remember back that far. Mm. Just to explain the format here, these are going to be short, sharp episodes. If I do say so myself, I think we went into as much detail as we probably could have in the first round for most of these films. So this is just chipping in with any little tangents and things that will add a bit of a spice to the chicken that we've already got in the oven. So we've already made our picks for each category and the result will be revealed at the end of the episode. These chaps don't know the result yet. I am the only one that does. I'm the Michael Buffer of the situation. We'll spend the time each episode, as I said, going into some detail we may have missed the first time around. So we're split into categories. Sequels or lack of, whether any sequels that came after took away from the first film. I mean, like one of the Alien films where uh, they have a whole film. And it's like the third one, which basically detracts from everything in the second one, or one of them detracts from whatever in the one before. What I love most about this film, so we'll go around there. One nitpick. Last scene standing, which I'll explain when we get to it, and a line from the film that would work as a Tinder bio. And then, as you'll all want to know, which which film goes through to the next round. So, sequels or lack thereof. Sex Drive, we'll start with. That was the first film that went through. Um, myself, Keen and TK, we spoke with Josh Luckerman, didn't we? Yeah. He confirmed there was little interest in a sequel, I think, both from the cast and the directors that had uh, put the money into it the first time. Director Sean Anders said that if there was going to be a sequel, it'd be more of a spin-off and would feature around Randy and Andy. Do you think that would work? Uh, I don't know. If the first one would have been like a bit more of a, like it would have just made a little bit more at the box office, maybe. But I suppose it picked up on home release. I imagine if you do it with just those two and get rid of people like James Marden and so on, you probably do it for fucking like dirt cheap do you not think it, it'd be like a live action beavers and butthead basically yeah <laughs> it, def- it definitely would but it would just be like you'd be able to surely those those don't exactly command enough they are they so well, the, the thing the what shock you actually and i don't know which which name's which but when i was going through and as i think i've said in there before i've contacted just about everyone that's ever made a comedy movie i think and these two one of them has gone like proper like everything against what his character is like he's completely like at one with nature he does all these arty little posts on his instagram he doesn't really associate have anything to do with the film on his <laughs> socials so Four, yeah he, he actually read the message yeah. and just aired it so he really is i don't think he's going to be coming back to be randy or andy um although if in principle because obviously this isn't going to happen 
it would be a great kind of straight to Netflix thing, isn't it? Because Netflix is kind of the home of all the little niche audiences. You can put that on there, and as long as it's going to get them what twenty thousand plays, then it's done its job and it's made yeah. it's made its way back that way. Yeah, well, Netflix have revived a fair few things as well, haven't they? And that's yeah how they managed to do it. Do you think? A movie centered around Seth Green and the people that pass through the Amish community would work, or would that be too much for just a whole film of him as the main character? Uh, I mean, I'd watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was going to say, it depends what you mean by work, doesn't it? It definitely would appeal to us. Yeah. Maybe not because, shoot, but everyone else would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought even if you had kind of sneak in a couple of cameos from the first film, just some great ones, so say you had. Clark Duke pop up, or say you had Josh Zuckerman pop up, even if it's just a thing of like driving past in a car, like you get what 30 seconds of John Cusack at the end of Hot Tub Time Machine 2, and it almost gives you more of a buzz than if he was in the entire film, just because you're not expecting to see them and it kind of hits you. Maybe you try and keep Clark Duke and he settled down in the Amish community. (laughs) And the film's about him and him and Seth Green coexisting. I exactly. think there's more legs to that than Andy and Randy. I think there's more you can go more different ways with them than you can with Andy and Randy. Yeah. <laughs> what are the chances? I mean, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Randy and Andy probably is you know, just two of those characters that Sean Anders is a director because he wrote it as well. Probably just loved them. And so I'm sure he did. Himself, yeah. Kind of like with this podcast where some of these films, that's my boy being a prime example that we'll get onto um, in, a, in a later episode. But very few people like it, but the joy of the podcast is, is we get an hour or so to talk about it. And so for him, it probably is just the idea of the sequel, something that would appeal to him, although he acknowledges probably not a lot of other people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're, we're his audience. <laughs> it doesn't extend much further than that. Um, if we go on to Superbad then, so not much chance of a sequel with this one. Seth Rogen has vowed that Superbad 2 is the one sequel he'll never make. He's quoted as saying, honestly, I don't think it requires improvement or anything to be built upon it. I'm unbelievably proud of it. It really holds up. People still watch it. High school kids come up to me telling me they watched it for the first time and how they loved it. It's worked its way into being viewed as one of the better high school movies out there. I'm so terrified of subtracting from it in any way with a bad sequel or spin-off that I'd never do it. I have so few actual good accomplishments that I'm horrified to fuck with the ones that I do have. <laughs> I mean, I don't know really how a second one would work. I guess one of those where, like, if you do it when they're older, or is it their kids? It would. I guess none of them look that much older. I mean, it's not going to happen. The actors involved, Jonah Hill, is kind of distancing himself from anything to do with that kind of comedy. It seems Emma Stone has got an Oscar now, hasn't she? So I can't see her coming back to <laughs> be in a film alongside a guy who has a notebook full of dicks. Michael Sarah, I could see that you could get in there, although he's been on um, like Broadway at the moment. Oh, not at the moment, but most recently. I, I think you could get Christopher Mintz Plasser back in there and you could I'm make sure a film with could. just McLovin. But... <laughs> but isn't that role models? Yeah, well, that's... I was going to say this, that now he does play just McLovin as a knight, McLovin as a superhero. He's essentially just McLovin in every film. Yeah. Poor guy. So I think you get him to do it, but in terms of it's not going to work really, is it, if you don't have Jonah Hill, 
even Jonah Hill's character being skinny in it wouldn't work, would it? <laughs> no, it's probably true. I'd love that to have some of them pictures like you get for Christian Bale um, losing all the weight. Like Seth Rogen gained two hundred pounds just to do Superbad too. <laughs> a little inspiration hashtag. <laughs> that being said, I think Seth Rogen at some point could look to do a second one because I think with his comedy, the market for it seems to be getting smaller and smaller. And, and I, I, in that, I mean that he's tried taking it more mainstream with films like Long Shot with um, Charlie Theron and that, where you're better to have 80% of the stoner comedy market than you are to have 10% of kind of the Wednesday night cinema market. So he may well go back to that kind of comedy at some point, but I'm not uh, sure he's going to get the rest of the You think money's going to get there. tight for him? No. I think just, not. <laughs> I don't think the money gets tight, but if you're used to having that level of success, surely, and then, you're saying like a, a boxer coming back when he said he wouldn't, he said he just can't yeah, resist. I, I think he might look at that one day and think, can I possibly detract from that? Mm. There's so many different ways you go. You can have a buddy cop comedy with two policemen and not have anything to do with Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah, and no. Christopher Mintz Placer. No, they could definitely spin it off. I would definitely watch a film if it was Rogan and Bill Hader as the two cops. Yeah, that, that's it. As like Keenan said, that's more of a spin-off than a sequel at that stage, isn't it? Yeah, which you can you can pass because that's not going to detract from it. It's just is what it is a spin-off. I actually wish we could get more kind of spin-offs. I think it's quite cool when it, it's, it's cringy when it's something smaller like that, and they'll call it like you couldn't do the Amish one and call it like the Sex Drive Universe. But that kind of thing is quite cool. I quite like the idea of This Is Forty alongside Knocked Up, where. You have the two same characters, but just in a completely different film. Oh, I wish you had more of that. I'd rather see we... that than like a terrible remake with just replacing like the gender of that. Or they've done Spider Man with about six different Spider Men now, starting from scratch yeah. each time. Yeah, I think around that sort of time of Knocked Up and that, there was a few sort of spin-offs happening. And whether that scared people off or what, I don't know. Yeah, it seemed to be that was common at that stage. Well, we said Knocked Up was going to be a 40-year-old virgin spin-off, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think in a lot of people's minds, that kind of was, in a strange yeah. sort of way. I know they're obviously different characters, but... There's someone online that's put like every Adam Sandler film together to say how they're one like, continuous timeline. <laughs> <laughs> um, if we go on to kind of what I love most about this film is, and if we go to you first, Sean, if you can tell us something, what, the, what you love most about Sex Drive... <laughs> you keep it brief on this one. Uh, it ended. Well, the only thing I can think of, the only thing I can think of, would be Seth Green's cameo. I do love that cameo, and I love the Amish quote. So, yeah, but my love for it is as brief as Seth Green's cameo. <laughs> for, for me, it is just the mesh of all the huge different kind of personalities you have in there from Clark Duke to James Marden to Seth Green, Randy and Andy. Amanda Cruz's character is great in being a stereotype as to what she is and kind of wanting her cake. And uh, eating it. Josh Zuckerman being the kind of the perfect glue you have in there and just how ridiculous it is. So 
that for me would be what I love most about Sex Drive. TK? I get, I guess, kind of meshing in with what both of you said in a way, but my my takeaway from it was that I thought each side character kind of brings something to the table in a way that some of these films don't. They're kind of like a pointless addition where, okay, they featured in the film, but what did they actually bring here? Whereas in the sex drive, I do think everyone does add something to it. Yeah. Um, and it's probably why we consider it a little bit underrated, maybe. Keenan? The Amish community and, <laughs> and Seth Green. Like, I, I, if anyone has listened to the very first podcast we did, I went all out on Seth Green as Ezekiel. <laughs> and I, yeah, my, my opinion hasn't shifted. I think maybe one of the things that I do love about it is that Rob's so many out. people don't love it. Yeah, I do. I do quite like. I do quite that, enjoy. That I do. That little think, niche. Yeah, I think it's criminal, like criminally underrated. Like TK said, a little bit underrated. It's... No, I, when we watched it just before, I watched it again before we interviewed uh, Zuckerman, yeah. and I was watching it thinking like this is, and we touched on it in his interview. It's kind of, it feels to me like a good, other than maybe dragging on a little bit in terms of how long it was, but other than that, it's a good marketing campaign away from being an absolute banger. Yeah. For whatever reason, it, they just didn't sell it well enough. Yeah, we <laughs> I can't believe that. Genuinely, it, it was someone making someone at the studio made a bad decision to try and push mm. for an Oscar, and it's that which should only take one an Oscar, by the way. So fuck that, fuck that. Anyway, mm. um, it was a bad decision away from being a, an absolute hit. Yeah, because there is sorry, there is something yeah, quite is. cool though about when you recommend kind of a film like that, which you assume the other person hasn't seen, and then not only do they watch it, but they do like it. Like I imagine the people that I've told to watch Sex Drive and then I've seen them enjoy it is probably the same as like TK told me to watch That's My Boy about two weeks before we did the bracket and that kind of thing where you assume most people probably haven't seen it and then it opens up this whole world mm. that you don't really get a chance to talk about. Yeah, it's true. If we go on to Superbad and if we go straight to you, TK, um, what do you love most about Superbad? I was trying to think of sort of something to say without being obvious because this is obviously you know one of the yeah most well-known films in stark contrast to what we just said about sex drive um i guess probably that the actors were able to give almost sort of like career setting performances but they didn't sort of overpower each other so you're able to still have rogan and hayder coming in as the police officers yeah <laughs> without completely stealing the show so you still had jonah hill and michael sarah with the sort of access that they had they were hilarious. And then they, the cops were able to come in and have that relationship with McLovin. And they were yeah. all still hilarious without it being, you know, the Rogan show or whatever. It, was, it all just worked. What about you, Sean? Um, I think how just bang on it is in terms of when you'd be that age and like the whole of can we get alcohol, can we not? <laughs> parties, you're not quite the popular kids that are hosting it, what your thoughts are going into it. And then the girl point of view as well. I mean, outside of the, the dick drawing part, I, mean, I don't know about you boys, but I, I didn't do that. Um, I was not tired enough drawer. <laughs> you didn't, didn't, have, didn't have that lunchbox carrying around. <laughs> you know, but the, uh, yeah, that whole, I just think they kind of nailed that, um, the experience that you go for at school. So that's what I enjoy most about it. Sean's lunchbox had a chuck icing instead. <laughs> Keenan, what about you? That story. How, how quotable it is. Joe, like mm. the off, the off, I know it's even if it wasn't a smash hit, which obviously it was, but just how quotable it is, not just from the three main characters, like CK says, the side characters as well, 
there's just so much in it that is like so quotable and so memorable. Yeah, that that would be my main takeaways for what I love as well is how quotable it is. Also, how completely relatable it is. There's elements of each character that you can relate to. Um, I was watching, so I watched it again across kind of yesterday and today. I did a Sean. Um, but McLovin, where he's completely pumped up with his ID until he's about to go in <laughs> to the shop and then, he has, and then he has the meltdown and he's getting angry that people are getting angry at him having the meltdown. And just a little thing of he was fine to do it when it was just kind of their alcohol, but when it was the alcohol for the whole party, that was what freaked him out, despite them saying, what difference does it make whether it's one bottle or everyone's for the party? And just everything about it, I thought, is just brilliant. But you're right, that would be completely relatable as well. (laughs) That weight of responsibility, you collapse under that. (laughs) What if I don't want to? What if I don't want to do that? That'll be it for me. But on the other side, then, if we go to uh, nitpicks, um, Sean, what is your uh, nitpick of sex drive if we get that out of the way first? (laughs) To not make the film. It's it's an hour and a half of nitpicks to Sean. (laughs) (laughs) I think my, well, what I had wrote down was just that I don't really feel like there's a proper story. It just feels like it's an hour and 30 minutes of just film. Oh. Where I don't really realise where, it's, <laughs> I don't really know where it's going. Trying to get to Miss Tasty. <laughs> it's not for me. You know my thoughts. <laughs> All right, so my, my nitpick, and it's the same every time, and it's the entire storyline with Mary. For one, her being the one dime within the entire Amish community <laughs> being charmed by Clark Duke, who we've said a lot of before. Then she says she called Lance's phone and that's how it was answered in prison so she knew he was there to bail them out. But when they're first leaving the community, he says, I'll call you. And she says no and says there's no phones. So that whole thing <laughs> is ridiculous in itself. There I was so even many really ways about it. to get around that. But yeah, that is my nitpick of the film. You really have nailed the nitpick element of that. <laughs> that is incredible. One thing that. would be how accessible the unrated version is, because for people that haven't seen it, it's very hard to get the theatrical cut without <laughs> getting the unrated version. So yeah. for someone like Sean, he may have had it as a 9, or ten, nine out of 10 without seeing that unrated version first. <laughs> Keenan or TK, do you have uh, any other nitpick? No. Not, I not, not overly, not for, not for, not for sex drive. I'm, I'm not going to be great at nitpicks because we've already spoke about all these films and everything. I don't like. I've already pissed and moaned about. <laughs> I, in stark contrast to Sean, I'm saying the lack of a sequel is my nitpick. The fact that they <laughs> okay. didn't capitalize on it. <laughs> the stu, the the, the studio's shit decision that I found yeah. out after yeah. the fact would be my nitpick. That they paid <laughs> someone money to do their job and that was their performance. If if we go on to um, Superbad, then, the, the one thing that always irks me is um, they go down to the basement of the party. For one, why they go to that party is mental in itself. Secondly, <laughs> they go down to the basement and they see this fridge full of all the drink that they can find. There must have been a better way than to pour it into a detergent bottle. I don't <laughs> understand how it's any less conspicuous 
to squeeze <laughs> through with two giant detergent bottles in your hand than it is to walk away with, say, two bottles of spirit. Because he hasn't just poured, what, some beers into there. Surely there's some spirits he's poured into there, which makes it what it is. So he could have just taken two bottles and got away with things just as well there. Also, I don't think he had the facilities to wash out those detergent bottles. So that's my main nitpick. Tim, mine is actually similar. Mine isn't. Get it out however you can. You've got to do the job over the wall, under the wall, get get, get to the destination. But it's the fact that once he's there, he then drinks it. Cause <laughs> and you, you see multiple shots of the neck in that. There's no way he's had one and four four. Tell you what, that's decent. <laughs> a bit of silly bang mix with mix of the cause like that's the one for me. Like, like there's about four frames of him just action it, and you'd be thinking, Christ, mate. Uh, TK. This is I don't know if this is going to be a, a controversial nitpick, but for as great a film as it is, I'm not sure it has a peak that sort of justifies how great it is. If you see me, if I, I believe when we did the thing, I believe I give best moment to Talladega Nights, for example. And if we were comparing Sex Drive and this, I would give best moment or scene in Sex Drive as well. I so understand what you mean. As consistently great as Superbad is, I don't know if it has that peak hit home moment that some of these other films do. It is obviously just brilliant throughout the whole thing, but there isn't that stand-up moment to me. But again, this is nitpicking. It's kind of one of them with a the punch count, isn't it, rather than hmm. a moment. Knockout blow, yeah. yeah. Um, Sean, what about you? Uh, yeah, that's quite a good one. I never really thought about that. But um, one that I've got down is just the idea of, of Seth and, and uh, I forgot what Emma Stone's character is called. Jules. 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 Just the <laughs> idea that, I mean, I guess it works in a way that she headbutts her and, and falls on the floor into the start, but then, like at the end, she like, is well interested and gives her a, gives him a chance. It's just like this would never happen. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it, not, it's, the, it's the knock up debate all over again. Yeah. I mean, any small chance he did have goes out the window with that headbutt, doesn't it? Yeah, so like Chris Benoit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My other nitpick would have been his confidence. Like he is fully all out. Like he has to get there because he's convinced. That he's in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These are staples of these films, aren't it? It's kind of inspirational yeah. <laughs> in a way. It's kind of to inspire the audience. Thing. Yeah, it, it, it is brilliant. So, <laughs> if was that your nitpick, sorry, Keenan, that he drank from the bottle? Or did you have anything else before we carry on? No, the Jules things always annoyed me. Even yeah. worse, <laughs> e- even worse than Michael Cera one because he's got no confidence. He's a fucking dibby in this film. I can, uh, I can see that one. <laughs> Even yeah. just them two together, I can see that. I could that see that being most, a match. If I saw that, I could see it working. That is the most vanilla couple on the planet. I can tell you <laughs> <now>. <laughs> Honestly. Hey, we know a couple. <laughs> uh, no, no. Last scene standing then. So to explain, I mean, hopefully uh, you three know what it is, but for, for those that don't listen in, Last scene standard, I think I compared it to Hell's Kitchen when I did it before. The idea is that <laughs> essentially we've got a seat where the the best scene sits in this seat and whatever is left sitting in this seat at the end of this round comes out as the last scene standing. So we have this here. So we pick the scene between us that we think is the best scene across the two films. 
Mm. Now, the next episode we have is American Pie Project X. So when we get onto that, we have to see if we think there's a better scene in American Pie and Project X than what we had in the what we pick here. Right, if we then right. did, if we then didn't think that, then the scene from Sex Drive and Superbad would carry over to That's My Boy Tropic Thunder, and we would have to see if there's a scene in That's My Boy Tropic Thunder that is better than the scene we've picked out from Superbad and Sex Drive. And so on. So and essentially, so it just rolls through, but yeah. we have to decide as we go, rolling which one comes out on top. Yeah. When I was trying to think which scene to put forward here, um, this is I did think the same as you, uh, TK, in terms of which scene. I thought Fogel revealing his ID would have been my one of choice. The whole, you get the reveal of McLovin, you get the uh, Mohammed, um, <laughs> most common name, there is you get the full kind of freak out of Seth and everything with that. Or oh, Sex Drive, my one was probably Rumspringer, but I think I would actually go for the McLovin revealing his ID. But we'll open it to the floor. Mine would be the first party they go to with when from when Seth gets hit with a the car, they get there. <laughs> he he has his they have this thing. Michael Sarah is singing in that room where they all do where they're all doing coke, um, and obviously the period of blood. Yeah, well. I did think with <laughs> with this, and I do agree that there's a lot in the party. That I think when we did best moment slash scene in the first round, we were perhaps more loose with it in saying that kind of a couple of scenes together counted as because we had best moment slash scene and kind of went in as one. So with the party there, I would almost have the whole period blood on the leg thing as a scene I would have almost the um, Michael Sarah singing as a scene yeah. rather than the party because that would be that's about 20 minutes of film if you do from mm, when they get to the party it's not that long at all I think for when you get to the party what you have the fight you have them going down into the basement there's quite a lot in there you have Michael Sarah going outside yeah, to be on the phone to try and get in touch no 20 minutes though. it's no longer than the kind of if you if you search for like a scene on YouTube it's going to be like two three minutes isn't it then it's the period of blood in that mm-hmm. I do think the these eyes is a sleeper but I think I appreciate that as much because it's kind of subtle that. in the little kind of bits that make you laugh in that scene <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Sean uh, yeah, I'd go for Superbad as well. Any particular? We have to actually put a scene, not a film. Oh, Nail a scene. Oh, well, I was just. Um, I thought you were just clearing that that's the scene we're going for. No, no, no. Um, yeah, I mean, I would. Again, it is tricky. There's, there's quite a few you could put out there at the same level as, as we touched on. But for me personally, if we're not counting like a lot of the party then if we're just thinking like a short few minutes, then yeah, it's probably the ID scene. I would say like a moment, say you can search it on YouTube as a scene. Yeah, yeah. Get you. So yeah, I'll go for the the, the uh, Fogel and McLevin ID scene. What we need really is back in the day, well, someone needs to have the DVD. Do you remember you supposed to do scene selection? And it would break <laughs> it down what each scene is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was yeah. sensational. Aren't <laughs> what a throwback that is. <laughs> What about uh, what about you, TK? What, what would you think? Well, actually, I was going to go with 
one of the scenes in Sexual, I was going to go Rome Spring or all, all the standoff at the end with the, the big Mexican won't go down. <laughs> that is a, that is was, a good show, actually. And I was hoping you boys were going to be with me, so I've been left bitterly disappointed. Oh, no, that, that is, I mean, that's I, I suggested one on both sides. That is <laughs> In great. fairness, the big Mexican won't go, won't go down is A, my favourite quote from the film. That's per the first round, and I think that was the scene I gave as well. Yeah, so I, 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 just, I just felt I'll that was the, the standout scene for me across the two films. As I said about it, it was consistently good, but I thought this was a, a high peak. And so that would have been my suggestion. If you go with the super bad ones, I would probably lean, lean towards the period blood. And that's not a sentence I thought I would say. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never really picked up on the big Mexican quote either. Like I'd heard it obviously, but until Keenan said it when we did yeah, it for the first yeah. time round, and then it really <laughs> hit home. But I mean, I, I would be in agreement with the, the standoff at the end of Sex Drive if we were taking a kind of a overall vote. I'll give you. I'll, I'll take the standoff at the end. At uh, the end of Sex Drive, absolutely. I'd forgotten about the big Mexican. <laughs> and you've been uh, done three one there, Sean. I'm afraid. I had that mind. So, a line from the film that would work as a Tinder bio. So, shall we to go here, or does anyone else have one they want to jump in with? No, no. I want to hear yours first because I want to know where the line is. Well, I've got I've got a couple, so I kind of have rather than a line, I do have a couple for each one. So, okay. um, for sex drive, I had um, our dicks are huge. You can see them from space. <laughs> yeah, nice. I've got ever heard of a rolling brown up? <laughs> I actually had you ever, you ever had a peppermint fatty as one as well? So, <laughs> we're along the same lines. And just you want a party, as uh, Randy and Andy say the whole way through. <laughs> you've, uh, I don't know what's happened there, Keenan. It sounds like you've uh, fallen far away. What's going on with Keenan? Oh, I might move my phone right there. I was going to go with, uh, I would go with, wear this shit, and you ought to know that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Any from Sex Drive, Sean? Uh, I've got DUF bong underpants. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a lot for super bad. I mean. Prepare to be fucked by the long dick of the law was. You know, when you hear guys, girls say, oh man, I was so shit faced last night, I shouldn't have fucked that guy. We could be that mistake. <laughs> the Iron Chef of Pounding Vag. That's Keenan's favourite quote. Isn't it? <laughs> he says no, Vag. It's the way he Pounded. says Vag. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, by the time we get to college, I have to be the Iron Chef of Pounding Vag. <laughs> 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 I, I think mine for Superbad would just be the simple Seth where he just goes huh, fuck me right that's, that's it. and I that's had um, you know what I do I flip my boner up into my waistband it hides it and it feels awesome I almost blew a load into my belly button you're really getting <laughs> getting your niche market there if you get a match after that you're yeah, to a winner a, so I have a freak or she loves Superbad <laughs> any more before um, I reveal the result to you no, come on, drop the result to us. All right, so um, unsurprisingly, Superbad did take the W on this <laughs> one. It was um, an admirable run by uh, Sex Drive, knocking out the number one seed, but unfortunately it did go down here. It went down 9-2 to Superbad with a tie on best moment slash scene. What was um, the two that Sex Drive won? Best so side character, 
which Sean didn't vote Sex Drive, by the way. So I'd be interested to know who Sean <laughs> felt was the best side character in Superbad. That was just out of protest. No, I knew out of spite. Well. Yeah. So he's brought our judging system into disrepute there. <laughs> and uh, best soundtrack, which Sean also voted Superbad for. No respect there. That was purely just because I forgot what music was in. Um, so Don't say that on air. You're bringing our credibility down. It was about 15 weeks that I last watched it. They brought out Fall Out Boy for us. Yeah, and <laughs> best moment slash scene was a tie. So okay. there we go. Um, so yeah, that just about wraps up. So Superbad goes into the next round. Well, well, well. Thanks. Thanks again for listening to another edition of Spitballing Pod. There'll probably be another two episodes dropped in the next couple of days. So if you're fiending for more and you want to know what's happening next in the tournament, keep refreshing your feed or our Twitter at Spitballing Pod and you'll find the next one. Thank you.